is not there. Today we're going to be talking about the Father's family. The Father who we pray to every day is our Father, which means that we get to have brothers and sisters that are from different countries and different cultures and different races and people that we probably will never meet. Whenever we pray the prayer, Our Father, we need to be very aware of what we're actually saying. I always get to that part which says, Forgive me my sins as I forgive others. And I know that it's a dangerous place to be. And also, when we start our prayer, we say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Not my Father, our Father. Which means that we acknowledge that we share this Father with our brothers and our sisters. Which means that we need to be realizing that we have more than just our blood family. But through accepting God as our Father, we open ourselves to a bigger community of brothers and sisters. And so that's exactly what each and every one of you are. We are brothers and sisters to each other. When we look at the scriptures that we just looked at, Acts chapter 2 from 42 to 47, we see this incredible uh, group of, of believers. They weren't just followers, they were family. They met together, they ate together, they prayed together, they worshipped together, they went to the temple together, said they had everything in common. And so God is so good at bringing people that are from different backgrounds and making them into a family. It said that where a person had a need, people were selling their possessions in order to look after that person. That's what families do. And it said daily numbers were added to their group. And so there was something so vastly different to this group than what was going on in the rest of the world that people were just flocking to this. There was that sense of joy and, and wonder that just added to this group. And so that's what the Father does when we accept the second family. And so today we're going to be looking at what are the characteristics of those families and how do we deal with, with becoming part of a second family. Nick, if you can go on to the third slide. It's got a whole big graph going on there. Now let me put these numbers to you. Okay, you, can't, you can hardly see it, but I'm going to explain it to you. At the top, is, this is a graph on the number of children that grow up in a home with two parents. Any two parents. In Jordan, there is 95% of all children grow up with two parents in the home. Egypt is something like 93. Israel is 92%. And so those are the top ones. When you come to the bottom, South Africa has 36% of children will grow up with two parents in the home. The next in the yellow is the amount that grow up with one parent in the home. And so if we look at that, that's 42% of all South African children will grow up with one parent in the home. 20% of all children will grow up without any parents in the home. Where do they find family? Well, we've just spoken about a father who accepts all of his children in. And so this is the family that so desperately needs to spread itself into the places where children will grow up not knowing a father. 
and not knowing a mother. This is where the family needs to start reaching out. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. The first characteristic of a family is that the family starts to look like the father. And so, Nick, if you can move on to the next two slides. Next one. Okay. (laughs) What I'm starting to see is that James looks a lot like me. My son looks a lot like me in terms of having chubby cheeks. The red hair, I don't know where he got that. But the more I do certain things, the more I realize that he's copying me. The other day, I walked in and he was lying on the couch with his flings next to him, with his legs crossed, with his hand behind his head on the couch. That's me. I'm very, very worried about what he's going to be doing next. But we start to become and reflect and mirror the attributes of the Father. Now, what are the attributes of the Father? There we go. That's like Father, like Son, like Dog. The next one, that's, yeah, I think everyone knows when you're on cell phones, kids seem to do it too. That doesn't happen with Methodists. And I love the hairstyles on those two. The attributes of the Father are things that we speak about as fruit of the Spirit. We've just journeyed through a time of Pentecost where we hear about God sending us the Holy Spirit and really the heartbeat of God being transferred from the Father to the Son and into His people through the Holy Spirit. And so the closer and more intimate and deeper the relationship between us and the Father, the more we develop the fruit of the Spirit. Patience, kindness, gentleness, joy, peace, love, humility, those things start to enter into us the deeper our relationship with the Father and the more we start to mirror and reflect our Father in our lives. And so that's what we should be aiming for, to look more like the Father. There's also a scripture that uh, Jesus says, the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And how will people know that you are part of my family? How will people know that you are my followers? It is through your love. It is through your love that they will know that you are my followers. And so that is the core characteristic that needs to be transferred from the father into the children. And that's what needs to be expressed. Do people see that we are different to the rest of the world because of the love and the generosity of love? And the acts of love that his people do. That's so important. We need to be growing and deepening our faith and our relationship with the Father. And then we will start to see those characteristics start to come out of that relationship. And I know that that's what God wants for his family. So that's the first thing is that we start to look like the Father. The second thing that the family always used to do is meet together. We need to meet with the family. A couple of years back, I got a call from a family who had just lost their father, uh, lost their mother, sorry. They had lost their mother, and they asked me to come in and to chat with them about funeral arrangements. 
And so I didn't recognize their names. I didn't know who they were. And so I went to their home and I sat with the family and I said, you know, it's, it's so sad what has just happened. And so I said, how would you like the funeral to run? What kind of uh, things would you like to include? And they said, well, whatever you guys do, mom was a member of your congregation. And I thought, oi, 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 this is terrible. I don't know who this person is. And, and so I said, oi, okay, well, you know. And eventually in the discussion, they said, yeah, no, she came to a Christmas service once in 2007. <laughs> well, thank you. Being part of a family is not coming to meet with the family once every seven years. That should never be how the family meets. Can you imagine me going to my mother and saying, Mom, I love you dearly, and I love my family, but you know what? It's a really busy time for me, so can I see you in two months' time? You know, I'll come and visit you then. My mom lives eight kilometers down the road from me. If I said that to my mother, I'm 34 years old, I am still fearful of my mother pitching up. <laughs> she will ring that doorbell, and I will be in line for something that I don't want to know about. But when we have a family, we meet together. It is part of what we do. And so here today, we meet as a family to say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Tell us about what's going on in your life. We start to grow together. We move together. We face troubles together. That's what families do. A beautiful way of expressing our families is through home groups where you get to sit with 12 people in a, in a cell group normally and just talk about life, encourage each other, guide each other, provide wisdom when we're facing difficult decisions. And when the troubles come in the world, where do we turn to? Well, we have our own blood family, but I tell you, we've also got a spiritual family that will surround us and will love us and will lift us up during those times. I was part of a, a home group about 10 years back when I was in a, a church in Bergfleet, and I used to work with Stacy. And uh, we were part of this incredible home group, and it was a really deep group where we shared and where we spoke about being young adults trying to face what we had to face. Last week, one of the members of that group um, started having seizures. She went to a kitchen tea and she had incredible seizure, and, and uh, even the paramedics couldn't put a, um, a needle into her veins because she was literally shaking to the core. And so they got her to hospital, and who do they phone? Well, the family, he, her mother is in Port Elizabeth, her father's in Johannesburg. Where, where do they turn to? Anyway, it was one of that home group that we have journeyed with that came to the fore. She went and, and visited Angela. She got hold of the parents to tell them what was going on. Every single day she was there. Her husband went and, and went, was spending time with her husband who had just pulled his hamstring so couldn't even drive a car. And so her husband was at the hospital and every day members of that old home group would come and sit and talk and pray. We'd fill up their fridge. We would make sure that they had suppers every night. Because that's what spiritual families do. We meet together. We love each other. We make sure that there is no situation that you, can't, that you have to face alone. And so that's what we do. We meet together as a family. And so are you meeting with your family? Are you getting together with your family? Are you opening up to your family? Are you becoming vulnerable with your family? So that your family can help you to heal and become whole. 
That's exactly what the early church was all about. They were under persecution for, for the first yeah, for the first 300 years of Christianity, that's all they knew was persecution. But they survived because they were a family. They'd met together, they prayed together, they worshipped together, they went to the temple together, they loved each other, and that no one was in need because they just made sure that no one was in need. So do we meet with the family? The second thing, that, the third thing that we need to know is that if we believe in this family, we need to serve the family. Again, coming from a time of Pentecost, we've looked at the fruit of the Spirit, but we also need to look at the gifts of the Spirit. And so the gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives us are things like leadership and pastoring and teaching and admin and compassion and uh, healing and intercession and all these incredible things. And so have you ever heard of anyone using the gifts of the Spirit for themselves? Has anyone ever healed themselves by laying hands upon themselves and having the gift of healing? No. Has ever, anyone ever pastored themselves? No. Because that's not how it's supposed to work. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts so that we can serve each other. Hospitality is the way that we serve each other. And so the family gets built up through every single gift that the Holy Spirit gives. And so we serve each other. Now, if I go home and I have a meal with my family, I sit down and my mom cooks for us and she cooks with a lot of love and not that much salt. But I sit and I know that this is, this is done with love. This is the way my mother has always served the family. And so if I turn around and say, Mom, that was a lovely meal, but let me give you some tips. What do you think is going to happen? I'm 34 years old. I'm still scared of my mother. <laughs> but when she serves, we say thank you. And then we start to serve her. How can we help her? Take the plates away. Someone else makes the coffee. Someone else makes sure that the, the house is okay. We, we look after the kids. We make sure that, that the family works as a family. We serve each other. And in a spiritual family, we need to serve each other. We've got people that... Do get involved in, in Sunday school. And they give up their time to serve the rest of the congregation. They look after these young lives and take them into a place where they can meet Jesus face to face. They put their heart and their soul and their minds into those programs. That's the way that they serve the family of God. We all have a place of service in this family. And we all need to take it up. Because if you believe in the family, you serve the family. And so, where are you serving? What has God said to you? Where, what abilities and gifts has God given? Because those are the places that God asks us to serve and to build up the whole family. So, are we starting to look a lot more like the Father? Do we meet with the family? Do we serve the family? And lastly, and probably the crux, is if we are a family... Do our hearts break when our brothers and sisters are no longer with us? There was a, a parable that Jesus spoke about a family reunion. Anyone know the name of that parable? The story of the prodigal son. And so we have a father 
that desperately wants his family to come together for a family reunion where they can celebrate and enjoy each other and just see that incredible energy that we had a privilege of seeing through that video. And so we, we really do see the, the heart of God wanting to bring his children together and we need to have that same heart. When our brothers and sisters are no longer fellowshipping with the family, are we there bringing them back in? If we have sons and daughters or brothers and sisters or mothers or fathers that have drifted from the father, are we bringing them back home? For the first probably six or seven years of my Christian journey, I identified so well with the younger brother, the brother that had taken their inheritance had squandered it and lived in the pig pens. And so I felt his pain because I could understand the grace of God that brought him back into the home and I could identify with that. But sadly, as I've developed, I sometimes find myself becoming an older brother who sits in judgment, who stands and says, you know what, Dad, don't reach out to him. He needs to suffer for what he's done. And there's a hardness to my heart that I sometimes can feel. But us as, as children, as God's children, we are called to reach out to our little brothers and little sisters that are at the pig pens of life. And so are we doing that? I would love that the, the story included that the older brother had gone to his younger brother, had sat with him and said, my, my brother, do you know that dad sits on the porch every single day waiting for you to come home? That he loves you so unconditionally that it doesn't matter what you've done, come home because there is a place for you. I would love that the older brother came and, and shared letters of what his dad feels about him. And we can do that through the scriptures. Are we there with our younger brothers and sisters bringing them home? Or are we standing next to dad saying, look at what they've done again. I've got to be very careful about turning into an older brother. I need to remember the grace of our father and the love that he has for all of his children, no matter what we've done, where we've come from. I need to be yearning for more of a family reunion. And so that should be the cry of our hearts, to see our family come back together, to see us meet together, to see every part of the family becoming more like the Father, and for us to serve each other through the gifts of the Spirit. And so thank you for being my family through some of my hardest times, and for putting yourselves out there and showing me love. But there's so much more to this family than what's here. Let us reach out. Let us move further. And let us bring the children home. Amen. Lord, I thank you so much for my blood family. And for what they mean in my life. And for the lessons that they have taught me. For the sacrifices they have made so that I could live the life that I have. But Lord, at the same time, I have asked for forgiveness for the times that I've neglected my spiritual family. I pray, Lord, that we are able to reach out further and deeper and wider to all of the brothers and sisters that need to come home and experience the Father's heart. We all can have a face to that younger brother. 
And Lord, let us be propelled by your love and your mercy to go out and reach them and bring them home. But Lord, while we are here, may we meet together and find our spiritual family and meet with them and and see them eye to eye and discover new situations. Lord, may we serve each other with joy. And Lord, may I start to look more and more like you. I want my heart to be changed. I want my life to be changed so that everyone will see that I am a follower of Jesus Christ, my Lord, because of the love that I show to each and every person. They will know that we are Christians by our love. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and for being my dad and for never turning your back on me no matter where I've come from. But you want me home as well as all the other children. Amen.